This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast, back yet again. Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston, also back again, too, because, Chris, I don't think we've had a Celtics team that have looked like this since... Uh, 2009? There I go, 2000, yeah, 2009. And I do have a concern, though, and this Ooh. is good that you're here for this, the, the one main concern right now. What is it? Celtics playing at a historic pace offensively, have won 13 of 14. Mm-hmm. How does Rob Williams meet <laughs> expectations when he comes back in a few weeks to this? This is this is this is raising the bar almost too high for him when I, you're I already playing at a historic level. So that, that, that's the main concern here out of the gate. I'm I'm terrified by the how many stories are going to be written that. Why has Rob Williams hindered the the, the greatest offense in NBA history? Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And so I I, I actually don't know if it aired. I, I was I got to do a pregame interview with Joe Mazzulli the other day. And I said, look, you know, I got nothing else to ask you. So I'm going to ask you about Rob. You know, why are you so convinced that you guys can even be better with when he gets here? And he said all the normal stuff like vertical spacing and, uh, you know, the ball movement, the offensive rebounds. I mean, if, if there's one concern I have, you look at, I think they're still 30th in offensive rebound rate. Yeah. And like, so what happens to this offense when Rob's grabbing, <laughs> grabbing? Right. So I don't know. It, it it will be fascinating. I, it, I keep, people keep asking me, is it sustainable? And I mean, there's still painful lulls, B Rob, in these games where I sometimes say, oh, like, yeah. just forget to play offense for 10 minutes. It, am I crazy to think like this is is sustainable? And I don't know which way it'll go with Rob. I do think they'll somewhere meet in the middle. The defensive rating will get better. The offensive rating will come back down. But this should still be a historic offense, right? It, I mean, everyone is at their career highs right now, shooting wise. And so part of me is like, well, that's going to come back down to earth. Um, but the other part of me is like, well, all the shots are wide open. And that's not yeah. going to change. And if anything, like you said, like they're going to. Rob is probably the most unselfish player on the team. So he's not going to be taking any bad shots. He's not taking shots away from anyone. He's just getting those offensive rebounds and, and distributing it. So yeah, like is, I don't anticipate them having the best offense in NBA history after 82 games. Are they going to have a top five offense in NBA history after? I mean, I think probably (laughs) there's still three points better than the nets of 21. Yeah. like like, It's pretty ridiculous buffer right now. Like, I don't know how much, that's going to be tar as you get further and further yeah, in the season. It's sure. going to be tougher for that to to move down. You're like you 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 have a bad game or two. It's okay. You 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 have enough 140 point games against the Hornets and the Wizards <laughs> of the world to to offset. So I I don't even know right now. But what I guess what what would because like this is something I keep people keep asking me that I don't necessarily have the the perfect answer for. But what is the balance? Like what is the perfect middle ground? Can they, do they still have to be? historic are you cool as long as they're top 10 in both offense oh for offense events yeah yeah no it's it is a good question i think historically i think top 10 is like the the baseline like and that's but that also hasn't been you know i imagine the best offenses in nba history have nothing like what we saw the Celtics stevens could do last year right so it's it's really tough to get on them at all right now for their defense because like these games are over in the second quarter, yes. and 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 they have shown in a couple of these games that they can get stops when they really really need it. Now they haven't been against good teams, but whether it was against Oklahoma like Memphis, City, OKC, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Detroit. So I mean, it'll be good. Like when they go out west, 
Mm-hmm. They face like you know Phoenix or go up to Toronto. We'll see who was playing for the Clippers at that point. You at least the Warriors, obviously. You'll see right. what you have when the DNT is raised in those games. But it's when you're when you have the top point differential in the league right now without Rob Williams, it's like okay, yeah, the defense. What well, well, big deal? It's twentieth overall. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. It's it's just crazy to me. I mean, there's just not I'd love to nitpick about stuff, but I keep telling people it's really hard. They're in a really good spot right now. And I like just like you said, who is having a bad season? Like who on the roster could you could you even like Marcus Martin the first five games right had a real rough start. And people were getting on myself included getting on that. He has played unbelievable. Unbelievable since White's been out of this world. Brogdon like doesn't miss anymore. Al is shooting what forty eight percent. Al shooting. It's like the exact opposite of last the start of last season where no one can hit a three. Right. It's like the whole world can hit a three, and then you're like, oh, I don't know if it's gonna keep up. But it's like, no, it's like this is this is unprecedented for a reason because they're playing fast, they're playing smart, and the buy in is is there to just spray the ball around. The 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 most slumping of of shooters are Jason and Jalen. Yeah, right. Right. Three pointers, which is preposterous to say. The two guys pairing up for like fifty-five points a night are the are the two weak links right now shooting the ball. But uh, I think it goes back to what we were talking last time. I think about credit pie, right? And Brad put together the uh, like a roster that just has no weaknesses right now. And some of that is certainly, you know, did did I think Luke was going to be this good? Probably not. Did I know Sam Hauser was going to shoot fifty percent on threes? No, but. Uh, it's all really worked well and everyone is playing to their strengths. And I, and I just go back to it, just like you said, uh, I don't know if it'll be to this level, but I don't see it regressing too, too much. And, uh, but I guess my biggest concern is just when it matters in the playoffs games come down to defense. And so I just need to see a little bit of a, of an acceleration. And that's why when Joe Mazzola is sitting there last night telling us that I don't have great vibes after this game, (laughs) which is, which is kind of so funny. Like talk about the next step in the evolution of, of Joe Missoula following the Brad Stevens coaching path, uh, not being satisfied after 40 point wins in which your offense is just an absolute beast uh, is a new level of, of appreciation. It is. And that's, he's playing the part wall on that front <laughs> early on, <laughs> but you can see like, he's, he's clearly getting on them for that. And like, I mean, Marcus Smart talked about it after the game too, and you're like, yeah, he's, right. he's trying to humble us, which is like, yeah, that's good. It's good to be humbled when you guys are, you know, putting up performances like this. I mean, defensively there, what oh i guess we could talk bigger bigger like do do you see when rob comes back here and the latest reports mm-hmm. now is that you know it's funny that this is gonna be a podcast about rob but you know this is you know we can't <laughs> we can can only fawn for so long here right um because but if he is back let's say you know sometime in the next three four weeks as reports are indicating you think it's gonna be that long i mean probably not if it's like if his agent is coming out and saying bye right. christmas publicly then that probably means that's probably like plus two weeks over like what yeah. he's able to do. I'd say like, yeah, keep him out till 2023 at this point. Like save, Ooh. save the wear on the, t- not, not like really, but like only no, play him like 10, 15 minutes out of the game. So I guess like when he comes back, do you like, do you just bring him off the bench for 10 minutes a night while this is rolling right now? And knowing obviously you're going to so, be putting him back in, or do you want to get him reintegrated yeah. as quickly as possible as you build him up? Uh, my guess would be he plays, 10 minutes a half with the starters yeah. and you just sort of start figuring that out and you get the continuity back with, you know, how your bench is going to look. And um, 
Yeah, I do think that there, it, it, it's it's irrational to think there won't be some sort of bumps in the road and Rob has to just get his legs back and all that. But what a luxury when you're 17 and four to to not feel like you have to rush him. I'll be interested to see how we feel after the the West Coast trip. Yeah. You know, I don't know what reasonable expectations are now because we're just so jaded to think they should sweep this like, you know, big trip out West or whatever. But um, if you're still in first place and you're still two games up over Milwaukee, you know, maybe you're not as itching to have him back out there by Christmas. I, you know, I always joke about, oh, it'd be great to have him out there for Christmas, but I don't want that to be his first game. Yeah. You know, so maybe when they come back from that West Coast trip, if he's somewhere near ready, you know, we'll know because they'll, the, the injury report will start changing. I don't expect him on the trip, but I, I think by that that next homestand, you know, maybe that's when we're all looking for clues and looking for when he's he's in the locker room pregame. And um, yeah, and, and, and we'll see how, like, again, the transition goes. I do think he's just got to get out there and play. Uh, but as you said, he doesn't have to do all that much um, offensively, at least. And defensively, he can just kind of find his way. And like, let's see where this goes. But I'd be, I'd even be okay if they have a couple bumps along the way, because it's just so important to figure out how this is going to work in the long run. It is, and like you said, the, the, having the buffer to do that to go through those ups and downs. Now, now I think the decisions easier. Like the rest of the way, it's like, okay, yeah, Rob Williams and now Horford, they'll probably alternate having back to backs off, mm. like like for the rest, like stuff like that, like managing all that stuff is becomes so much easier when you're. 17 and four start here as opposed to you can give Jason and Jalen back. Yeah, you're Jason. I mean, right? Yeah, right. They should just just alternate for the rest of the season here based on how they they played against uh, these two games at home. Against, I mean, the Wizards, I I still can't believe the Wizards are a 500 team. I mean, I guess like they just can't, they look like they're a a G League team every time they play the Celtics at the Mm. Garden, at least. Um, and then the what did you think of those jerseys? Everyone, I mean, I guess it was the most interesting part about the team. Yeah, yeah, like why not? (laughs) <laughs> what, what you, I like them. I like. I like. The, yeah. When you know about the cherry blossoms and all that, you're you're maybe you're a little bit more. I, and I don't. I don't. I'm not like one of those guys. Who's like, oh, pink is a terrible color. You know. Like I like them. But yeah, just like you said, that was the most interesting part of their roster. What? It while winning boring. What is the most interesting part about what the Celtics are like? Whether it's the player, whether Ooh. it's how they're doing it. I think it's. There... The, I think my big takeaway this week has been the vibes, and I know that's like kind of corny, but. Like if you rewound to the end of September and how we all felt on media day, walking on eggshells and having to like ask these guys about Ime and Rob's injury and Danilo's injury. And just like, there was so much hope and expectation about what this could be. And it felt like there was just like little dark cloud hovering over everything. And I thought it would take some time and I thought there would be bumps in the road. And I mean, 21 games in, it's just like incredible how much fun they're having. And, I, I go back to it. They just they haven't played perfect. They're still not anything where near their finished form, but I did not expect it to hit the ground running as much as it has. And to for like, I mean, really, Ime has been a complete afterthought since the net stuff went down. Um, you know, Gallinari, no, besides his bench outfits, <laughs> haven't hasn't hasn't registered because Hauser has been so good. And even Rob, it's just been like this whole like everything is tempered with this whole not even tempered. It's everything is like. It, amplified by this they're this good and you haven't got rough so watching them celebrate blake who goes from a billion dnps to starting games when they just need another body big body out there to like cabin jelly's joy to cornet just doing this this throw mile swift and like i mean his team is in a really good spot and yeah there'll be some 
part where we'll replay this and be like, look at these idiots talking about how good it was. And, you know, they, they hit some bumps in the road. But there's just nothing to be upset about right now. It's almost boring. Yeah, um, it, it, I mean, it, it's like. What the hell do we write about? Like, right. oh, they're really good. But thankfully, though, we do having like, like, they've timed this out, like Blake having his game. And yeah. then like, you know, Payne Pritchard and Cornette having their, right. you know, so th- those. But at, that's we're already twenty games into the season. Like that, that's that's not going to work for game sixty for us. Hopefully by then they'll be you know, <laughs> not as consistently. Dominant. Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk about you know, maybe the Bulls and, yeah. and ninety six Bulls and the right. That's the, true. The, the Warriors. I mean, it's just it is wild that they're on like a what sixty four, sixty six win pace. Um, yeah, I'm like I want to be upset about something, and and <laughs> I, I'll find something. Like you know, the West again. West Coast will tell us a lot more. Um, it would be. Absurd to think that they're just going to smooth sail this way through the entire year. Uh, I just, I'm eager to see how they, how they, uh, how it balances out when they go up against good competition on a on a tougher road trip. Yeah, and so I mean they they'll have they finish out this homestand this week with the back to back against the Heat, who may or may it sounds like Jimmy Butler might be back for one of these games, but they're they're still beaten up, so that could easily be you know at worst I'll probably be a, a split. But it, the the sneaky part about this trip coming up is that they they have the they have two back-to-backs on it. Yeah. And, and one of them is on the East Coast against Brooklyn and Toronto. So that so you're not going to have Al Horford for two of those games, you know, presumably. And that is, I mean, the, the hoopla for Brooklyn will be what it is. Right. It will be less with the fact that Ime is not there. Um, but still, like, that's... But at the yeah. same time, it's like, that, I mean, that, that team, like, all these teams, if they're not defending, then it's like you're probably going to lose. To, yeah, to it's, it's certainly not as easy as going up against the Greensboro Swarm at <laughs> when everything's going right. So, yeah, I'm eager to see like exactly how they got to go up level. And, that, and that's that ultimately is the reason why Joe Missoula has to play the, you know, I'm not feeling great about this. Like he knows they got to be a little bit better, that it's not going to be this easy every night, that they're going to be put in tough spots. But even like like clutch games early in the year, felt like they they were be- much better than they were at least last year. Um, so. We'll see. They're gonna have you're gonna need probably another game where Peyton Pritchard's a, a ridiculous spark off the bench and Luke's gotta keep playing at a high level. Um, so uh but you feel like those things are if, if you felt like going on the West Coast before, like that would be oh wow, that a lot of things gotta go right. Now you're just like those things happen routinely now for this team. That's just what they do. Here it is. We need to talk a little bit more about Luke Cornette and the celebration like arrays and other just another him. podcast today. I'm gonna have you on my podcast to talk about Luke Cornett celebration. Okay. Oh, maybe we'll, we'll tease after uh, that. That's a tease. <laughs> but first, let's hear from our sponsor, Betline, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Your continued source for sports wagering info. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any game or sport imaginable. Fastest and easiest way to bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing even golf and these World Cup games. So head on over to betonline.ag to join, receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. We'll save Luke for the Celtics. We can, you, we can touch no, no, on we, it now if you want. No, I, mean, I, I want to save it. We want to go into that fresh. So let's <laughs> let's save that. So I want to go to, I, and you pointed this out on your Twitter feed last night, the... Uh, the, the love for Blake Griffin on this team right now mm. and like the, the reaction on the bench when he actually got up for that alley-oop in that game. And it's not just like a, 
you knew that Blake Griffin was like a star coming here, but this is this is almost close to like Shaq like levels of admiration from like the fan base when he was here. And 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 but Shaq wonder... was terrible when he was exactly. Here. Shaq was exactly Shaq was always hurt or you know obviously couldn't barely move when he was healthy. But th- th- those lineups when he was when he was playing early yeah. in the season that they were dominant. Then then obviously they fell off a cliff that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake now is just like whether it's the fans chanting for him at the end of the games or just him making two or three random hustle plays whenever he does get out there where the the once every two weeks that he plays it's almost like a dream <laughs> scenario for the guy because it's like you just save your legs for two weeks which right. is probably all he has left in the tank at this point but are, are you did you expect like no this level of admiration for this guy when he like when he came here so i would say this much like Shaq, you forget like how big of a personality Griffin was like how big of a superstar he was. And so it, it, it is interesting from not just the fans from the players, right? Like you can tell there is a level of respect that Jason and Jalen have for him having gone through all this. And part of his benefit is certainly being able to like guide them a little bit. And he knows what it's like to be a superstar and how to do that. So there's, there's a respect on that. And then the fans just, you know, they yearn for the old days. We actually, on, on Celtics Post Up tonight, we play this clip of Blake in the dunk contest all those years ago. I can't believe how young he looks. You yeah. know, I just, you forget. Your mind just always kind of does the most recent thing. And not that he looks old. He's 33, but he's <laughs> different, right? And so it was just remarkable to watch. You know, I kept asking Derek White, were you, were you, were you a little bit nervous throwing it up there? Because there's no guarantee Blake Griffin's going up there and getting it. And he said... Blake told me to do it. <laughs> like he, he knew there was going to be an opportunity. He must have been feeling pretty good. Uh, and just to see the joy from the fans, the cabin jelly absolutely leaping out of his seat. Um, yeah, I think they were, resp- I think one, I think players understand how hard it is to be thrown into that role, to be told like you're not, you're going to get 10 DNPs, but then you're going to start a game. You know, that's not easy. And who better to tell Peyton Pritchard to hang in there than a Blake Griffin. And, to then go out there and, and not only just be serviceable, like he hits the first three of the game, does the dunks, but then takes two charges, yep. hit the floor like two other times. You know, players are like, oh, okay, that dude's like into it. He's like willing to give up his body here and and just to just in a 40-point win to, to give it up. So I just think it's remarkable. I think it's, again, I keep saying the word I keep using is luxury. I felt bad. I, I was talking to Missoula the other day for our pregame interview, and I must use luxury like four times. I'm like, I, I need to stop saying it, but... <laughs> It is an embarrassment, appropriate, right? Like not many teams have a Jalen and Jason have a Brogdon on your bench, have Peyton Pritchard who can come in and be a turbo shot at some point. Like it's just this team has a whole bunch of luxuries this year. And right now, like there's just no downside to it. And I don't think Blake is going to get frustrated, but you know, like it's what a value to be able to throw him out there. It is. And that's something where, they, you know, this is, they're probably very clear cut. Like when he signed, like, this is what you're signing up for. Right. Like, listen, we're going to play you when Al can't play. If you can earn minutes, great. But you're probably, you know, if you can't, that's fine too. Cause we honestly would rather have you like healthy and fresh, having only played 30 games of the year at the end of the year in the, the rare situation where we, we need you with one of these guys goes down. So it's, it's pretty wild that they have that. And just, and the the combination of like 
having him there and Brogdon and Brogdon, you know, spoke about this in his press conference last night. Yeah. Being like, this is like, this is really special. And that's not that like Brogdon's like a grizzled veteran, but you know, he's, he's seen the good in Milwaukee, seen the, like the bad in Indy. And now, like you said, like when there's a lot of these guys who haven't played anywhere else, whether it's Tatum Brown, smart, et cetera. It's like, no, you guys, this is like, just like soak this in right now. Often. Doesn't happen very And often. I do think that's a good message for Jalen and Jason to hear because they've been to a lot of big games. They've been in the like Eastern Conference Finals four times. It's you know, sometimes you take it for granted. And not that I think they are, like I think they're highly motivated to 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 win a championship. But when you hear Malcolm Brogdon say, like, oh man, like this is different, you know, this feels different in terms of just the camaraderie and and the and and like the way this team can play, I think that has to resonate to you and, and only inspire you to try to like really make the most of this. Uh, because again, there's no guarantee that it's going to happen or, or it's going to stick around. Yeah. The, and I like, I feel like Tatum more than anyone else, the, the evolution of him offensively in terms of just like getting, I think the shots are just coming so much easier for him now. And like, I mean, everything's coming much easier for him right now. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. the addition of the floater, Again, imagine what happens when he starts shooting anywhere near 38%. Well, that's the thing. It's like you're like you're scoring 31 points a game, and it's like he's probably the worst three-point shooter on the team right now in the rotation, <laughs> which is absolutely wild. But he's the isolation, like he'll do it here or there, like when they yep. need him to do it, like against Detroit or something like that at the end of the game. But generally that like that's gone. And instead he's like giving himself up on picks more for to set up guys he's going back door getting like easy buckets that way so it's like i don't know whether that's just playing faster or just him you know buying and realizing oh this is like if i i can kind of save myself for this and this this helps us the only thing we can complain about is jalen's turnovers yeah that's pretty much it and i feel bad because like jalen's been really good too and i think he actually a lot of the time gets overshadowed by like how great tatum is and it's like nice like he's got his buddy marcus smart is out there stumping and saying you know, Jalen should be in that MVP conversation too. And I think we all know that's a little over, <laughs> overzealous, but right. like Jalen has, like if, if should if, he be in the all NBA conversation? I think he has to be right. Cause the Celtics will be so good. They'll naturally yeah. in everything have over consideration. So like Brogdon will win six man of the year. If the Celtics win 60 games and yep. Missoula will win coach of the year. And they'll have someone in the conversation for defensive player of the year. If they, if they go up a little bit, but yeah, I think like, naturally and on some of this so much will depend on health and the amount of games that guys play you know the amount of games that Jalen plays if that like hamstring acts up or now you know being questionable for, with the with the next stiffness so uh but yeah like 25 per game score who like can aid on both sides you know like it's hard to think he won't be in consideration which has major ramifications for oh, yeah. the summer and moving forward and uh like how long how quickly you could potentially lock him up and so yeah, it's a little. It has a. It's an, it has a little fascinating subplot, but I mean, if, the, if let's, let's say All Star voting ended today, which is obviously preposterous because it's only a quarter of the way through the season, Celtics definitely get two, right? So I mean, yes, and like the, I, I don't know. I'd have to go through the East. They don't get three. You don't think they get three? No. Who Who's the third? Marcus probably right now. With the way Marcus is playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's like. I know it's a tough he's sell. Playing, he's staying at that level, but yeah, like it's. The, the problem is I think there's just too much talent elsewhere. Like yeah. if he, if he sustains this, like, yeah, if he, like the assist, the, the streak, if he gets his like shooting numbers up a little bit more, he's obviously having like a career year right now. Um, I need to go through and like pick from every team. I mean, obviously it, again, again, some of it's so much as health 
is everybody healthy by yeah. the, time the all-star game rolls around and does that open up other spots i guess i'm just always jaded because i think back to the years they had pierce and garnett and rondo and ray like right how did they get four guys on an all-star team back then that's that true. wild really no wild. it is and it's well, they, okay, like, okay. you think about like a hawks team like that the hawks team that had like four all-stars that one year it's like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. this is this team could be is probably worthy of a third all-star but there's just too many good well, that's a fun guys. conversation. So you guys who, have the numbers. Who is it for you? Is, is Marcus the third guy? He has it's, to be, right? It's t- I mean, I kind of think it might be, like, if I choose one, it might be Al. But he's not playing enough because he's taking the... But still, I mean, like, Brogdon, Brogdon is third in points for 14. Like, I, if if you're going to have to pick a third most important Celtic, Same like, in general, yeah, <laughs> it's Payne Pritchard. <laughs> The answer I is mean, he's won two games. Mm-hmm. Like if we did wins above replacement player, I bet, you know, and there's no metric that can can, you know, hammer this yeah. and actually inflate that metric. But like Payne Pritchard won them two games. Yeah. I'm not sure anybody else on that bench has necessarily surely won them two games. Maybe Brogdon, um, you know, with some of the the efforts. But um, yeah, like I mean Well, well here you go. Who's here's we have someone we haven't even mentioned on this podcast is second in win shares for the Celtics this season. I haven't even mentioned behind Tatum. Oh, Derek, White. Derek White. Yeah. He Sneaky, could, really you could actually make a strong case. Derek White is the third all-star right now. <laughs> right. I mean, it's his, you, you, you his, wouldn't be I looked up today. Guys. His uh, top three net ratings in the league for players averaging more than 25 minutes per game. And I think he's third behind Jokic. And then ironically, Grayson Allen, who wow. just another one of those sort of advanced metrics. Really? <laughs> because he plays for a good team that probably doesn't play him in a lot of bad lineups. So, uh, but Derek White, like, I mean, he's been on the bench. He's been with the starters, shooting ridiculously from three. One of the, the one of the five guys over 45%. Like, it really is wild that, like, how good their bench players have been. It's wild that we have to have a conversation about six different guys about who should be their third <laughs> all-star. And that speaks to why they're 113 to 14. It also makes like, me sad because if Rob had been healthy, he would have been the third. I mean, right. Rob would have been, yeah. I mean, Rob's numbers right now in this offense, if he would with them shooting like this. Let's not jinx or, it. We started I this, mean, we started this with pessimism about like how I'm gonna have to defend Rob and uh and push back when people say that he is affecting the offense. But <laughs> I do I actually think it could potentially open things up even more. I wonder because like five wide definitely spread the floor and has really worked, but I just think the offensive rebounding uptick could be oh yeah. Be I mean that's yeah. And I mean, the biggest concern is, you know, how can you get Luke Cornett still on the floor when Rob's back? I guess that, that's just like the, the main source of concern. We, we need Luke out there. Like, I mean, his expressions, him coming to the law, he did. I mean, this is this is inside the the uh, the uh, uh, journalism, but like to, to him marching right up and doing post. Oh, my God. Just a dream. Night. God bless him. Like I, we, I, you know, I, I told him after I was like, "Hey, you need to go tell everybody else. This is the way. <laughs> don't even get your, don't even, don't even take off your, your, your dirty uniform yet. Just get up there, do, do, do your interview, and uh, let the world hear you celebrate these wins." We'll never write a bad word about these these players again, <laughs> ever. If, ever. Uh, you get you get B Rub on his ten fifty train, like he's gonna like, be, listen, like we're gonna just a, just a dream. <laughs> get ever get them home ready for that six a.m. wake up in the morning. Um, one other thing. Oh, this. I guess this is one final throwaway thing. Joe Mazzula, are you drawing up the like the the extension papers for him right now yet? If you're Brad Stevens, so, like you have to, you can't do this publicly, obviously, right? Because you you can't, you don't want to throw him under the bus with, from the player's perspective. Yeah, I think that that would go over poorly. But then again, it's like the price is only going up here. 
with with, 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 with Jeff Jones. I mean, but I, I, I don't I mean, know. The guy... maybe, maybe if he goes out in the second round of playoffs, though, then it's like whatever. Then then it's yeah. like that. All these all these you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna make yourself uh, into a big deal by winning a bunch of games in the first twenty games of your season. Is the guy driving a minivan really going to be the one who holds your feet to the fire? That's true. I know. I wonder. I don't so, think his agent here is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I hope he's got good representation. I do agree. You know, my thought has always been that you know, some point in the next three months, we'll get the Woj alert that says the the Boston Celtics are finalizing an agreement to part ways with head coach Ime Adoka. Uh, and Joe Mazzulla will be promoted and given a long-term extension, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I always thought it would be like Joe would get at least another year because Brad, as much as anyone understands that in this job, you have to have security. You have to know that you're not being judged on a night-to-night basis. And, you know, like, look, plenty of coaches get fired with years left on their deals. So I always thought it would be at least a two-year deal. But I guess, yeah, you you might be in the – we might be start, starting to talk about the three-, four-year deal uh, to make sure that, that you are well-positioned if uh, if this thing ends with a championship. I, my question back to you would be, how much credit does Missoula deserve? Because this is something I've started asking guys, and I'm kind of like – I'm just I'm eager like it's a player's league right but like how much is is Missoula deserve for getting this thing flowing I mean I think the lion's share goes to the players but I think you have to give a pretty healthy chunk to Missoula in terms of getting like what was the learning curve like four or five games where days like yeah right literally like because he clearly I mean he, he took this clearly in a pretty tough situation um or under tough circumstances took this job yeah. and said okay yeah i don't need a don't give me another assistant coach like we'll promote someone with it from yeah. within and guess what we're gonna worry about the offense because that's where the most low-hanging fruit is for us right now in terms of production and that is an over an 82 game grind when you're without your you know, what some would say your best defensive yeah. player um that is clearly strategically the way to go and to the players' credit, I think they're ready to buy in, and I think a lot of that in terms of what happened last year and yep. the pieces they brought in. That's you know obviously the front office, but you know Missoula. I think what do you give it a twenty percent, twenty five percent piece of that pie? I think that's that's uh yeah. I, I keep saying like I think twenty five goes to him, twenty five goes to Brad for putting together the right roster. Maybe even like a tiny, tiny little little bigger slice because I think roster construction is important, and then so much of it is on the players and for all of them to sort of tighten up all that ailed them last year uh, is really remarkable. And I can't wait to play this back after their first like four game. <laughs> right. When they go and hate when they go two and four on this trip for, for swimming in the green Kool-Aid. But um, yeah, you gotta, you yeah. gotta, when, when things are flowing, you gotta, uh, you gotta embrace it. We'll, uh, we'll have the negative. We'll, we'll have a negative podcast when, when we get there. Exactly. There'll be plenty of time for that. <laughs> uh, all right. Chris Forsberg, NBC sports, Boston uh, Celtics talk podcast. Come here, Bureau, talk about Luke Cornette's celebration. Oh, exactly. And that's the crossover. Crossover uh, (laughs) from our Cornette talk. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Rate, review, subscribe when he plays pod. And we'll get back a few guys later this week.